Grace Bible Church. Welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. It's a blessing to be with you today. Mm. Thanks for taking some time to listen. Um, so today, uh, we have the blessing of being able to sit down with Miss Victoria Ray. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Uh, and uh, of course, Brent, how are you? You know, I'm doing pretty good. We had a good... <laughs> Marriage seminar this past weekend, and uh, I'm told those videos, for those that, that didn't catch, I've been asked a couple times, will be posted and linked in our week-to-week. And if you're wondering about our week-to-week and some of those digital things, mm-hmm. uh, Victoria Ray is our <laughs> office and connect intern and yes. uh, kind of a jackette of all trades. You've learned a <laughs> lot. Uh, uh, Victoria just has such a great work ethic. Uh, you do. Um, always a joy. Um, you know, uh, never, nothing's ever, uh, beyond you to give it your shot or below you to have a positive attitude in that. So we're excited to be able to have you on today. So if you haven't had a chance to get to know Victoria, she's often there with Cynthia on Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. um, helping, uh, connect folks, just kind of anything that needs to take place. You're, you're there kind of a utility player skills. And you are, uh, what, how far along are you at SFA as a student? Um, I am a junior. Um, so technically... Um, not including this one, I have two more semesters left, so I'm almost done, but not quite. Very good. Well, Victoria, would you tell us, would you give us kind of an insight to how did you end up uh, coming to Grace Bible Church, and uh, maybe even before that, how did you end up mm-hmm. coming to Christ, and mm-hmm. then how did you end up getting connected to Grace Bible? Okay, um, so I came to know Christ, um, I just I feel like I've always known of Him through just growing up in church. Um, I grew up Church Across, so there's that. And then um, I didn't uh, really accept him into my heart and as my Lord and Savior until I was about 11 or 12. Um, and then after that, kind of grew up in like the non-denominational sense um, for, you know, youth group opportunities and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So then, yeah, that's... And then after that, I kind of... Um, stayed going to like non-denominational slash first Baptist, that, that kind of, um, church laugh. And then, um, after that I came to SFA and tried out some first Baptist churches. And then my roommates were like, Hey, we go to grace. You should come with us and stop going to church alone. I said, okay. Uh (laughs) And then I came here. So that was your freshman year. Yes. Uh, actually my freshman and sophomore year I spent, um, at a community college um, and then, uh, my sophomore year t- technically was my freshman year here. So, um, I haven't been at SFA like all four years, but right. I've been here for almost three years now. Is that right? Yes. That's incredible. Wow. So what have, what have been kind of the things that you've learned? Cause not a lot of students, there are some and grace, uh, even in just over the three years that, that, uh, we've been able to be here, we've seen so many students come in and really shape the life of the church, uh, that they don't just stay in their own shell. They get to know other adults, not just adopt a Jack is a great resource for doing so. Uh, but also just get to know all the different ages and people and seasons and of life in our church. So I'd love to know how you ended up forming so many different relationships with people of different generations. Cause so many people know you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, so how, how have you 
kind of taking that on rather than doing what I think a lot of college, the typical college life is you relocate to this place, you live within this world, within a world of a town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, it's like a extended high school almost to an extent. Yeah. So how have you kind of been able to break out of that shell a little bit and um, connect to the life of the church? Um, well, I, if you know me, I'm a very much a people person. I love people. I you love hanging that. out with mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I love just being around people in general. Um, and so in college, I mean, not in college, in high school, I didn't really have a community. Um, and so as soon as I got to Grace and I realized, wow, like I have found a community here and I love this. Um, I just took that head on. Um, I got, I got into a little kids ministry as soon as possible. Cause I did it back at my <laughs> old churches and things like that. So, um, I was, I was very comfortable with kids and with Sunday school. And so, um, I think that was what kind of started my involvement in mm. cross point and just in having, um, just being a people person in college in general. Um, but the, uh, yeah, the, it was, it's been, it's been such a great experience. I love, I love the kiddos and I love people here. Um, and then I got, I don't know, into my place as what interning. Mm -hmm. I got into my place as interning because I picked up a random shift for Cynthia and Drew at Brick Street. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, they decided that, um, I think it was Liz Gira was like, Hey, I have some people at church needing some like extra staff. They're low. And so I just picked up a random shift and then I got accepted to that job. So, um, that kind of what drew me into, you know, interning because Cynthia was like, Hey, I know this girl. That's cool. Yeah. It's, I miss it. It's, it was a great experience. (laughs) That's great. Now, what would you, uh, what would you say? So we know there's people of all ages that listen to this. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to maybe a college student that, uh, that you could give them, maybe they're, they're just involved with the college ministry or they're just coming on Sunday mornings. Uh, what's some information insights that you would give of the life of the church? Cause you've been able, you've been Mm -hmm. covering here in the office pretty regularly, uh, Mm -hmm. for over a semester. Mm -hmm. And so you've seen kind of some day-to-day life here, uh, for ministry stuff, but, uh, how would you, what would you say to those people that are just kind of in their, their niche? They, they haven't quite branched out yet. Like you've chosen to. I would say to just do it. I might be weird, might be uncomfortable doing something new that you don't know, but just taking that first step is pretty much all I needed. Honestly, mm-hmm. is volunteering that one Sunday, um, as a new college student. Um, it's just people love college students here. The staff do, the the congregation does. Um, and so knowing that you would be accepted even as a college student, um, whether or not you have experience in whatever field you step into hmm. um, as a as a college student, it's 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 honestly really encouraging. Um, so just know that you are not alone in being freaked out or scared, um, becoming involved in other ministries. Um Besides, um, you know, cross point, you could be, you know, just taking that one step is all you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say to these, those that are older? So there's all kinds of different ages of folks that listen. So what would you, what would you say to those folks that are, uh, that are in older seasons of life, uh, mm-hmm. to give them an insight into present college life as well? There's a lot of memes, right? There's a lot of stereotypes. So 
younger people, college students, uh, what are some insights that you would give them uh, that they may not know on first blush about uh, college students here at SFA? Um, I don't know. Just I know that I really thrive off of um, being poured into. And so, I mean, I feel like if you are older and um, then you're kind of looking to serve into ministries like the cross point, like college ministry, then, um, I would say that, uh, you're like accepted because I know, I know that I have found great things, um, great people through that, like, uh, through my adopted jacks in the past and things in my adopted jacks now. So, um, just know that, I don't know, it's, it's a fun time. It's a fun time. Mm -hmm. So I really, I really think it's really cool that when you, when you involve yourself in college ministry, when you don't fit that stereotype or something. Yeah. Yeah. When did you, so you, you said you, you know, you received Christ as Lord, you recognized mm-hmm. who he was, you mm-hmm. grew up with awareness of the Lord growing up. Um, how has that kind of impacted, was there a point in your life where you kind of grew a larger appetite, larger, larger hunger for the things of God mm-hmm. when that kind of began to shift? Was that, you said about middle school, high school age or so, um, mm-hmm. how did that kind of jive with what you saw here on ways to get involved? Um, so I, it was, I mean, growing up, you, you love the Lord as much as you can, but I mean, when you're smaller, you just, you don't have the mind capacity to like broaden your knowledge on him as much as you could as a high schooler or college student. And so, um, I think understanding my junior and senior year of high school, understanding, oh, wow. Okay. This is, this is a lot more than what I grew up in church going with. Um, and so when I got here, I did not study the Bible like Grace Bible Church. Um, uh, Grace Bible Church was are the ones that actually taught me how to read the Bible. Um, uh, my uh, old church growing up, Church of Christ, where I was saved, uh, they tended to not do so much more of my specific church, um, not so much as like studying the Bible as in like, picking out a law and preaching on that law. Um, so when I got to Grace, I learned how to study the Bible where I observed what I read. I, um, I, it informed me of what I was learning and I learned how to apply it to what Mm. I was, um, what I was feeling or even the life position I was in. So Mm. yeah, yeah, it was, it was a very different experience coming to Grace and learning how to study the Bible. But I, could not be more thankful for it. So well, I've certainly seen that hunger in you now. You know, I, I remember there's been several times I've just been walking by and you you ask me a theology question and then we'll sit there and talk <laughs> about theology for a bit and yeah, uh-huh. uh, certainly see that love and desire for the Lord now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One of the components that uh, that you've been able to be a part of is a little bit of mentoring that you've had with mm-hmm. Cynthia, with Holly, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Uh, others in our congregation. Uh, has that happened through the adopted Jack ministry? I I genuinely don't know. Or has that just happened with how did those relationships form? So when I, I actually came on to being an intern this past January. So I honestly haven't been an intern that long, but through that is where I, or Cynthia and I have created that sort of relationship where she's been able to mentor me. Um, and then others, the church, um, right. Like my adopted Jacks are Katie and Jonathan Mitchell. So I huh. am able to serve with them and other ministries, but, um, also, I don't know, really get into working with, with, with 
the people that I mentor with is, is great. Um, but yeah, I, through my, and honestly, through working at the church and through volunteering is where I've created those relationships with those um, people that I would say that I, that I would call mentors. So, so you've got one year left at SFA. Yes. And, uh, you know, we're not going to try and do a sales pitch on you to stay at Nacogdoches forever. <laughs> yes, we are. But that's actually probably true. We will do the best we can. And, but you never know how uh, life boomerangs you back as well, should mm-hmm. the Lord take you away to other places. But I do think that's one of the callings that God's given to uh, this congregation when it relocated to this area in 1951, mm-hmm. uh, trying to be intentional. And uh, I think when we, get to, when we get to heaven, we're able to see all the different embers that spread out. Uh, people gain a greater love for God, a greater love for His Word, see some healthy community, hopefully build some good relationships, healthy biblical relationships, mm-hmm. and then uh, spark off in other congregations all over the place and, mm-hmm. and be able to take that. Uh, that's a that's a neat picture. Um, so in, uh, in about 45 years when you leave, Victoria, we're so excited <laughs> to see what God does uh, in, your, in your life. But uh, no, wherever you, wherever you go, we're, we're very excited for you and uh, mm-hmm. glad that you're here for at least another year. Yes, yeah. I, I definitely have realized, I mean, through community and through... I mean, I know this is where, in my life, the where the Lord is having me at this point. So um, knowing that and finding comfort in that and then just finding comfort in community and creating those um, relationships, um, whether they're um, working relationships or business or whatever, friendships, that uh, I could see myself staying in Akadoshis forever. So I don't think you'd have to convince me that hard. <laughs> Well, that's fun. Deal. <laughs> yeah, that's a, is that a verbal binding yeah. agreement? Yes, it is. Wow, it's incredible. It's legal now. <laughs> uh, well, you know, this Sunday uh, we had, well, we had the choir this past Sunday, Stephen. That was exciting. A great time. And uh, this leads us a little bit to come into thinking about this Sunday. Uh, the Passover and the Lord's Supper we're going to be looking mm. at will be in uh, Exodus chapter 12, 1 through 28. Uh, so a pretty big passage to be able to read, to digest together. But I think how neat is it that we're going to be talking about the Passover on the same Sunday that we'll be observing the Lord's Supper together. We'll have the kids in the service. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can say a lot about this, so I don't want to say too many things, but we're going to <laughs> three different applications of understanding the Passover and the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. One of the general application, app, observations I do want in our mind right now, uh, well, I'll, let, me give, let me give two. Okay, I'll just, okay. Just, two, two. just two thoughts. Thank you. <laughs> just two thoughts I want to share. One is the fact that uh, it is the, the commonality of the Lord to give gifts to His people to, that orients kind of building blocks for the rest of their life that keep them anchored. And we'll see this in in the rest of the Old Testament, that the Lord gives these feasts, these seven feasts that orient the pattern and routines of their life. It mm-hmm. keeps them bound together as a people, keeps them grounded. It keeps them remembering what the Lord has already done. And many of them, many of those feasts, as the Passover does, foreshadows, uh, as we see with some of the details, the coming of the Christ that will come later on. And uh, as believers today, this becomes or in the early church a, a real discussion. Do we still observe the feast? How do this? How does this happen in our life now as Christians? Uh, how should we do so? But one thing we do have for clarity is that when Jesus reinstitutes the Lord's Supper uh, and gives clarity uh, of the Passover into the Lord's Supper, uh, uh, this is a clear gift that the church is to observe, and that this is a gift from God that that orients their life around what Christ has done. And so this is this, mm-hmm. this new component, different feast component. There seems to be freedom there, even though there's a lot of strife in it, people are trying to force other people to observe certain things. And now they're, they're free in their own mind. They're not to violate their conscience on either side, but there's a gift that God gives that at the very least, we can say that the Lord's Supper plays a role of netting God's people together, slowing them down 
and being a bedrock in their life. And that's what we, that's what we have to say. That's how we view Sunday corporate worship. Uh, that there's a, that there's a gift that God gives us when we're obedient to it to slow down and, and realize that this is one of the pillars that I put into my schedule, not in a legalistic, I'm merit, meritoriously doing something, but as a gift that God has given me, like a loving parent, to slow me down uh, and to orient me with the people of God, to remember what the Lord has done and what the Lord will do until he comes. Mm. So that's the one thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say, it's a family service. And uh, this is a, when you read this text in Exodus 12, and I encourage everybody to take a quick read through it, even if you read it in the parking lot before you come into church on Sunday, mm-hmm. that there is a very clear evang- generational evangelistic purpose that God has mm-hmm. in, the, in the Passover feast mm-hmm. for the children to observe what's going on. So they're not, uh, you know, they're not disengaged. They're seeing what's going on. They're very much front and center. And, and they're going to be provoked to questions. Why do you do this act of service? Mm-hmm. They're going to be provoked to say. Mm-hmm. And the older generations are to have answers for why they do it. So they're supposed to know not only, they're not supposed to do it, but they're supposed to know why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Which as believers, when we get routine oriented, it's good to remember this is why we do this. We're reminding ourselves of this, but being ready to give an answer. When we think of be ready to give an answer for the hope that's in you, we usually only think about that with an evangelistic to unbelievers. Yeah. But the picture also here, as a reminder, this is actually to the coming generation that's behind us to know why we do what we do. Mm. That's great. Well, that's a that's a beautiful opportunity that we have. Yeah, as as a as families, as you know, me as a dad, and and maybe you, if you're listening, as a, as a mom or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle or just someone that's around other people, being able to pass, you know. To people your same age, that this is something you believe in, or, or to hand down to your children that this is something that we do. So this is an example where um, we've we've talked about it a lot, where we participate in the Lord's Supper, and kids get to ask questions and say, "Well, why do we why do we do that? Why is that important? What does this represent? Um, why why is it so important that only believers are doing this?" And so, um, yeah, it'll be a beautiful opportunity to pass that down to the next generation as well. Victoria or Vicky Ray, as I call you, yes. um, you, uh, we, we, I want to thank you, you know, kind of for, for the, these folks to hear, um, you, uh, you, in our transition for our office administrator, you, you took on a lot of weight kind of in that, uh, in that <laughs> time, uh, to kind of help hold down the fort as we kind of transitioned and got Sylvia into the office and mm-hmm. got her settled. And, um, we just want to kind of publicly say thank you for mm-hmm. all that you did there. That was a lot on your shoulders and we appreciate you, you bearing all that with a smile, always yes. with a smile. <laughs> uh, and so really grateful for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the joy you bring to the office, the laughter you bring to the office is, is mm-hmm. sweet. We appreciate it. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so thanks for, for being on here and sharing with us today and, let us know a little bit more about you. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, no, no, I was saying thank you for thank, thank you for letting us know more you. about thank you. you. Yeah, You're yeah. welcome. You don't have to say any more if you don't want to. <laughs> I was interested to see what facts were like, there. I know. Yeah. I was just like, oh, let me just go write that up one quick. No, no, no. Yeah. Thank, Thank you for, for all that you're doing. And with that, do you have a favorite Starbucks drink or anything else like Ooh, that? You're a lot of times you're in the office Monday through Thursdays uh-huh. in the afternoon, late afternoon, two thirty on. Do you have a favorite Starbucks drink you like I, or anything? Or Java Jacks or yeah, any of those? I am sad to say I do not like coffee. Hey. Wow. At yeah. all. I've tried so many drinks. I, honestly, <laughs> I live with people um, who are obsessed with coffee and my friends. Do you have a beverage of choice? I love Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. All right. I love Noted. Yes. <laughs> Very good. 
Well, church, we are grateful for uh, for each of you and for the life that we get to share together as a body. And we look forward to worshiping together this Sunday. Mm-hmm.